Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. So y'all survived another fair week? Yeah, actually I think some of our fair people might be catching us online this morning. Um, I know we've got a bunch of our, our 4-Hers that aren't here this morning, but as I was thinking about this morning and the, and the tagline on it, um, this morning's talk is together again, and I thought a few things. Well, for the fair people, like this kind of felt like together again, right? Because we didn't have it last year. So it was kind of this homecoming of sorts. And then I got started thinking about uh, 4-H, something I've never done. And those of you that know me um, know that I don't need to go to the fair. But for 4-H, there is this uh, community, there's this um, group of people like that come together around a common theme. And I think that for those of you that are in 4-H, anybody in 4-H or have been in your lifetime, maybe a few of you, um, I think that like if you're a part of something like that, you get really excited about it and you wanna talk to other people about it. So I just had to think, well, can we do that about the love of Jesus? And I wonder if we can get excited about this journey that we're on and this club of sorts that we're in. So today we wanna to talk some more about this whole idea of open house and the hospitality of Christ and how that informs what we do. I kinda of think like Sunday mornings are like a warm hug. I love coming here and seeing all of you guys. And Gene and I often have discussions after church about, well, I didn't see so-and-so. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I saw him. And he'll see people I didn't see. And then there's new people that were like, okay, we gotta make some connections here. But love, love this thing. But it, this experience that we have here together is to be shared. It is to um, invite other people into. Like being just part of the best family experience ever. And Jesus, as always, uh, shows us in just great ways how what together looks like, what it means to truly be inclusive. And you know, he doesn't go at it alone. Like, it feels like, you know, he's got it all together, but he surrounded himself by people, by disciples, and it was not neat and tidy. Um, I wanna read to you this morning out of Matthew 9. And it may seem like a strange scripture, but it's um, w the scripture where Jesus calls Matthew to be his disciple. So if you have your Bibles and wanna follow along, or it'll also be on the screen behind me. But Matthew 9, 9 to 13, and we're gonna look at another um, angle on this thing of hospitality. As Jesus left Capernaum, he came upon a tax collecting station where a traitorous Jew was busy at his work collecting taxes for the Romans. His name was Matthew. Come, follow me, Jesus said to him. Immediately, Matthew jumped up and began to follow Jesus. Later, Jesus went to Matthew's house to share a meal with him. Many other tax collectors and outcasts of society were invited to eat with Jesus and his disciples. When those known as the Pharisees saw what was happening, they were indignant. And they kept asking Jesus' disciples, why would you let your master dine with such lowlifes? 
When Jesus overheard this, he spoke up and he said, listen, healthy people don't need a doctor, but the sick will go for treatment. Then he added, again, he's talking to the Pharisees who know all the law and the rules and the religion. So now he's saying to them, you go look up this scripture and it's from Hosea 6.6, where he says, I want you to show mercy, not just offer me a sacrifice. For I have come to invite the outcasts of society and sinners, not those who think they are already on the right path. So a few things I wanna point out in here. And the first, first thing is that Jesus didn't disqualify Matthew, even though he was considered to be a traitor. And I have to believe that there was something super compelling and inviting about the way Jesus said to him, come, follow me. Because why would Matthew, who is considered a traitor, just drop everything and immediately follow? I am sure that Jesus' words were spoken with authority and confidence because he was about his father's business. There was no question about what he was about and what his role was, what his mission was on earth. And I wonder, are you and I that confident? Or do we come off a little timid in like, you know, you wanna come to church with me sometime? Or are we excited? Are we excited about this journey that we're on? Excited about this way of love and this way of Jesus? So in, invite people. I'll say just invite people. Not so that Gene can save them. But as they come into this experience, this warm hug that we experience here on Sunday mornings, they too can experience the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit they too can um, experience this gathering together of people. It's, it's a place of home and, and hopefully it feels like a safe place for you. Invite other people into your life. So into your home. I know a lot of you are in the middle of raising young kids and you're like, mm-hmm, you're crazy. But I wanna just say to you, as you invite other people into your craziness, if it is, um, they'll be able to see how you reflect the love of Jesus as you're raising your kids. Hopefully, that's what they see. Um, <laughs> I know, we all have our moments. Um, but so they can see your interactions maybe in your business um, or in your social settings. Invite people in so that they can see that this everyday love that is the way of Jesus. So I wonder, can you do that with confidence? Would you be able to invite somebody in to this way of Jesus with confidence? Do you know your father's heart and the business that he's about? Now, introverts, I see you. I feel you. I feel you, but I will say to you, even Jesus had to have those moments where he just went away to be in solitude, to pray, uh, to rest. So we do get an out. It's not, an, it's not every night of the week that, we, that we're, I'm saying we do this. <clears throat> 
See, as followers of Jesus, we have received the hospitality of Christ. And this welcoming hospitality is now, is central to our identity and it's the way that we welcome other people into the kingdom. We say, come just as you are. Come, you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to make it look like everything's okay. As a matter of fact, if that's what you do, I'm gonna say, stop. We don't do anybody any favors by making it look like we have it all together. So quit faking if you're faking. Our hospitality, it's a response to the hospitality of Christ, like grace, mercy, love, forgiveness. But it's not to be kept to ourselves, but to give away. So we receive and we give. As we receive, we are actually transformed and changed. As we receive, transformed and changed, and then we are sent to provide this hospitality to others. We take in, we give out. We take in, it changes us. And you know, God doesn't give us just enough. He gives us more than enough. And then out of that abundance, we can give. Out of the abundance of God's generosity, we give. It's this whole upside down kingdom. Jean referenced it last week. We've talked about it many times. This upside down kingdom where the first are last, the least are greatest. We don't store up treasures on earth. It's not about the material. It's about meaning. God didn't do everything he did so that we would have a comfortable life. Our life is to be about meaning. So then, if you buy into everything we're saying about this idea of hospitality, we've got to do it. Right? We've got to actually walk the talk. And as we talk about hospitality, what all is it? It is, of course, giving of ourselves. It's inviting. And it's also community. It is connection. It is emphatically not isolation. It's not keeping to ourselves. If you remember the story of the good shepherd who out of his hundred, one of his sheep was missing. He left the 99 to go find that one. I'm guessing he thought, you know what? These 99 together, they're gonna be okay. But I have to go find that one because unarmed, alone, and running, it's a really, really vulnerable place to be. But even though danger is close, we can put distance to danger when we step out of isolation. <clears throat> now, for some of you, you may be that person that needs to step out of isolation and into community. Or you may that be that person that needs to invite someone else in and out of isolation. Right, So it's gonna cover all of us here, but we need to together. That's part of this welcoming hospitality is to invite others in and out of isolation. So here's a thought. You may need to be vulnerable so that you're not vulnerable. Does that make sense? 
You may need to let people in and let people help and let people stand with you so that you're not in a vulnerable place of being alone. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm alone with my thoughts, it, it's not a good thing. So consider this idea of letting people in so that you're not alone. And I know you may think vulnerability is, is overrated and you know with community comes some accountability. But I hope that the support trumps the risk. Like to be known and supported trumps that vulnerability and that feeling of fear around that. But again, we as followers of Jesus want to be in this this place of community, to be inclusive as Jesus showed us here in scripture. And it may look like this as we see that in verse 10. And this is what Gene and I, I don't know how many years ago, <clears throat> started talking about Matthew parties. But as we see in verse 10, Jesus is at Matthew's home and there are all kinds of outcasts and, mit and misfits there. But Jesus isn't worried about what people are going to think, what they're going to say. He just had dinner with the scandalous. And it's, it's a, it really is a beautiful thing when we can step into those places where we're connecting with people that see things differently, that do life differently than we do. And again, it's an opportunity for us to speak into those settings, speak into those lives, to just be a reflection and you can do it without being weird and unnatural, right? Please do it that way. Uh, but talk about human connection as we look at this picture here of Jesus sitting with all these tax collectors and sinners, um, as it talks about in the Bible, but he sat with them. He had dinner with them. And beyond that, he, he forgave the thief on the cross. He saw the adulterous woman he called Matthew, this traitor, to be a disciple. So I wonder if we can do the same thing. If our life needs to be about meaning and not the material, can we, can we not get too tunnel vision with our roles here on this natural earth um, so that we can see other people, really see other people in ways that we can meet a need. Because friends, if we don't show people the love of Jesus, who's gonna do it? Who will do it? If we don't see people right where they are and listen and love and invite in, who will? Gene uh, and I are, well, we're old, um, but a long time ago, we kind of, we started to subscribe to this way of putting ourselves in different circles, in different circumstances. We discovered that our world was really safe. The way we worked, we went to church, our friend groups was really safe and Christian. And we'd talk about like, well, we just don't have opportunity. Like we just don't really see people. Like, well, then we need to put ourselves out there, right? So we started going to different places to eat. We, partly because I was tired of cooking, but it also, it also fit into this um, part of our mission and part of it, an intentional move to get out of our safe bubble because that's really what it was. So we started going out to eat. We would 
<clears throat> sometimes sit at the bar. It was just the two of us. We'd chat with the, the bartender, strike up conversation with people that were there. We would have just some of the greatest encounters with people that we wouldn't have had if we wouldn't have gone there. So to this day, we're doing that. To this day, I'm tired of cooking. But we, we try to not only just do that, but we try to tip well. We try to be generous with our words, speaking life and love over the servers and the staff, and especially now when they're stretched super thin and not always like, you know, maybe getting it just right. But trying to just <clears throat> reflect the love and life of Jesus Again, without being weird and without making people feel like they're a project, but just being there, listening, you know, giving a kind word. It's part of the reason we do dinner parties. Um, if you don't know, we have dinner parties several times a year. And we encourage you guys to just meet in groups at different restaurants here in town. And part of the reason is for all those reasons that Jean and I go out is for people to see a representation of church that is generous and kind and giving and not snarky and impatient and, and unkind with our words when things don't go real well. We get kind of funky when we're hungry. So it can go sideways really quick. But it's also dinner parties are also a way for you all to, to connect. So we're all still pretty new here. So it's a great way for you to get to know other people in this community that we call Restore. And again, not to be exclusive, but to get to know each other. You might find some commonalities, some new friends. You may never see them again. There's no connection here. That means you've got to be best friends. But <clears throat> I think it's also this way that we can step into something like this that may feel a little intimidating and know that, you know what? This wasn't so bad to go out with a bunch of people I don't know. And it might encourage you to have your own Matthew party where you just gather you know, your, your groups of friends and have them all come together and get to know each other. Um, at my salon at Refresh, um, part, of the, part of my mission, my mission, uh, the whole mission, let's be real, is to show value. And we do that in a lot of different ways. And I <clears throat> try to show value to my, my team by, I think, paying them generously, um, by speaking life and encouragement and love into them, um, by respecting their time, you know, if they're away from work, not to bug them too much with work stuff. And the stylists and the team there, they work together. So teamwork is a way that they value each other, like as in cleaning up each other's color messes. And <clears throat> some would probably feel like they do it more than others, but <clears throat> what do you think, Emily? Um, <laughs> Emily says no comment. Yes, Emily's pretty neat and tidy. And we try to value our guests by being on time. And when we're not on time, to try to connect with them and say, hey, we're running behind, so don't rush. Um, we, we serve beverages to our color clients that are there for two to five hours. And we try to make the experience that where they do truly feel valued and they come into a calm and a clean environment. So I don't know if any of those are things that you could maybe, you know, try to replicate. Um, it, it'll look different for you. But what are some ways that you can step 
out of the bubble if you're in it. One step at a time, one phone call, one donation, one meal to someone, going out to dinner with someone new. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be fancy or all put together. It just needs to be genuine. And see, if, as we step out in obedience, as you step out in obedience, I think you'll find that you are changed. As we surrender our time, our money, our resources, you know, all those things that we feel like other people need and we don't really have enough of, we find that we are transformed and renewed and restored and reminded that God will always provide. You can never, never outgive God. So if you feel like I don't have enough time, I don't have enough time to do that. I don't have enough money left to do that. Whatever it is you feel, I'm gonna just challenge you, test God. I think you'll find that um, anytime he asks something of you, he's gonna give everything you need. And again, in abundance, he'll give you everything you need to make it happen. But you may ask, how do I know what to do? I can't hear God. How do I know what it is that I'm supposed to do? Well, after Jesus rose from the dead, he said to his followers, listen, I must go so that the Holy Spirit can come. He's like, I'm not gonna leave you alone. He said, this is actually even gonna be better because you will each individually have the power of the Holy Spirit and my power in you. So we let the Holy Spirit guide us, direct us, prompt us, by listening, being in tune, watching and being expectant, expecting. I think so often when we say, I never hear God, it's because we're not listening. We're not looking for ways that he is working. And this is important because in verse 13 is where Jesus says, I want you to show mercy, not just offer a sacrifice. He wants us to do this love in action. Showing mercy is an action. And that action needs to come from our hearts, not just out of a duty. So who can you develop a friendship with? Got enough friends? Yeah, me too. But sometimes someone may need you. And it doesn't mean that you're committed for life. But sometimes somebody may need the word that you have. So how can you discover people that are needing to community? Who could you connect with? How can you find greater meaning in life? How can you get out of your safe bubble? If we just stay right here together and we don't do anything more, we don't do any action with our love Monday through Saturday. It would be like joining a 4-H club just so you can get free tickets, but you're really not committed to the team, right? It's like, I just want a free pass so I can get in. Some of you have done it. <laughs> yeah, huh? We may have encouraged our kids to do it one year in <laughs> a confession. 
wasn't worth it. <laughs> so some, some actions, some mindsets that I want to challenge you with this morning. Change your routine. If you're a mom that takes your kids, um, just keeps them at home, maybe has people over, take them to a park. See who you might run into, um, other people that you could connect with. Maybe go to a different grocery store. I don't know, that one's kind of tough because we know where everything is in our stores, but maybe go to a different place to eat. And again, these are all with the intention of following the Holy Spirit's lead, right? We're not just doing this because we heard they had great burgers. We're doing this with going into spaces with the intention of following what the Holy Spirit is saying to us in those moments so that we can see the people we need to connect with. Invite your kids' friends over to your house. And Jean and I kind of took this on a whole nother level when the kids were young, and it was for two reasons. But the first reason was when Cody and his buddies were in our basement and they were still yelling and loud at one o'clock in the morning. And I may have on more than one occasion yelled down and said, if you guys don't be quiet, I'm gonna start calling moms. Cause it was just, I was done, I was over it. So we had this little, we called it the little house. It was an apartment for my grandma. And so we decided to put some money into changing it into a hangout so that they could go over there and be as loud as they wanted, but also so it was a place so that our kids would bring their kids to our house. Now we went through a lot of pizzas and a lot of popcorn and snacks, but I'm telling you it was worth it like the connections that we were able to make with those kids and sometimes their parents. And then with Morgan, so four years later, Morgan hit that high school age and Cody was off to college. And friends, let me tell you, the girls were worse. <laughs> oh my goodness. The first time Morgan had her friends in the basement, you know, cause the guys still had the little house I think my eyes about popped out as I was listening to the noise that was coming out of the basement. They were all talking at the same time. It's what girls do, if just so you know, those of you that have girls. And I remember saying to Morgan, Morgan, like, who's listening? You guys were all talking at the same time. And she's like, well, we just all had things to say. And it didn't really matter if anybody was listening. <laughs> So I was grateful for the time when they could move over into the little house. But again, we had opportunity and still have opportunity with some of those girls, some of those boys that connected with our kids. And so it's just this beautiful thing of um, investing, investing some time, investing money, but the opportunity for them to experience love the way we did our family. Another thing you could do is introduce yourself to somebody new today. We encourage you to do that in the, in the host moment when we share the candy, but I'm serious. Like there's nothing like being seen. And especially if you see somebody that's maybe sitting alone, like make sure that you're extending yourself. Like just get out of your own head 
and introduce yourself to somebody. I joked a couple weeks ago that I think we should all wear name tags because I'm still trying to learn everybody's names, but we just keep at it. We just keep at it. And while you're at it, if you're with a friend and you meet somebody new, introduce them. Because you know what? Sometimes we are simply connectors of people. Sometimes somebody comes into our life that needs somebody else that's in our life that don't, that, that don't know each other. Sign up for dinner parties. That's something that's an easy step for you to take. And for some of you, it may be letting somebody in. If somebody asks you how you are, fine comes out of our mouth really fast, doesn't it? Fine, or oh, I'm so busy. But if we can actually let people in, we can feel that support if we can be so honest and vulnerable. And learn people's names. I mentioned the name tags and I'm serious. Like Jean and I both have cheat sheets on our phones for names because we really feel like names are super important. And so whatever you need to do to learn people's names. Um, I, I know me personally, when somebody uses my name and they've, I don't know how they know me or they've only met me a couple times, like that really means something to me. So my name is Brenda, for all of you that need to use my name. But seriously, if our ultimate goal is to love Jesus and love our neighbor and to share this great news with other people, to gather as many people as we can together again and make it appealing, we're gonna need to reach out a hand of compassion to say a kind word, be gracious, forgive freely, be able to give of our time and resources to be real and genuine and ready to share our story. Those of you that were here last week or watched the service heard Jerrica share her story. And I'm pretty sure she would say it wasn't quite as neat and tidy as she would have wanted. I mean, there were mascara tears, but I know that so many of you connected with her story. And if we aren't willing to step into those vulnerable places, other people miss out on what we have. So we're ready to do this to everyone always because we're being inclusive, we're not being exclusive. So always committed to being led by the Holy Spirit, attentive to promptings, ready to move. I think you probably all <clears throat> remember the, the radios that you used to have to turn the dial, you know, I kind of <laughs> until you hit 101.5 or whatever you listen to. Do you remember that? I think sometimes that's, that's where we find ourselves. There's so much noise and static in our minds and we feel like we can't hear God. But we've got to tune into that. We've got to turn the dial and get rid of the static and all the stuff so that we can hear or we can see, we can know, oh, buy that person's coffee or maybe invite that couple to dinner to your house, go out to eat, to say hi. Sometimes it's just looking at somebody in the eyes and seeing them, listening to somebody with full attention. Send a text, make a phone call, say a prayer. 
we do this best when we're together and we can encourage each other. I just wanna remind you again, even Jesus surrounded himself by people. He taught him his ways. He showed them love instead of rules. He used the broken and the complicated and the scandalous. He doesn't ask us to have it all together before he uses us. We just need to start. We just need to start somewhere, make one step. Remember, we receive, we take in this hospitality of Christ. It becomes who we are. It becomes our identity. Then we give it. We give it and we invite other people into it. We come and we go. We come here as a gathering of people to be encouraged, to learn something new, to encourage each other. And then we go in our Monday through Saturday and we give and we share out of the abundance of God's hospitality and grace to us. So come as you are, as we are gathered like this right now and go in the power and name of Jesus. I know it may be uncomfortable, this whole idea of being vulnerable, so you're not vulnerable. The idea of giving, of extending yourself, of inviting other people in. But I learned a long time ago that <clears throat> uncomfortable and unsure of myself is a good place to be. Because when I can get over myself, and if I can step outside of my fears, um, God can move. God can work. Because life is not about being comfortable. It is about finding meaning. As we wrap up the scripture, it says, come gather love. Jesus says, come, follow me. Just as you are, Matthew, I know you're no good right now, but come, follow me. And then we gather together around the table in this space, and we, we are together in relationship, and then we love. We love everybody, always. And in that way, then, we can actually be the hospitality of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your great example of your welcoming hospitality, your inclusive hospitality, and for your grace and love that flows through us and into others as we try to do as you have shown us. God, as we step into our week, I pray that you would just show us a next step. Even if it's little or if it's big, I pray, Lord, that you would just overwhelm us with your peace and your confidence as we make those steps. We love you, Lord, and we're so grateful for this opportunity of family and gathering together and just the encouragement we, we receive in these moments. We pray it in your name. Amen.
Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.